The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get $100 in free bets. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Roster brought to you by the College Experience. Get ready for the college football season by checking out all 131 college football team previews. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash CFB. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash CFB. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Here to talk about the Western Conference win totals, early, early look at the Western Conference win totals. We did the Eastern Conference last week. Hopefully you guys heard that. We broke it down into two parts for you. Hey, we love talking here on the NBA Gambling Podcast. Like I mentioned today, we'll talk about the, uh, sorry, talk about the Western Conference today. We did East last week, but joining me today, it's only a two-man pod. But it's the man, the studio man, that gives out the fire picks when we are in studio. It's Scott Studio Rachel. Scott, how you feeling, my man? Yeah, doing pretty well. Looking forward to talking more NBA. I know that with college football right around the corner, about two days out, a lot of people betting on win totals in other sports. I know that I was talking to you about football. I yep. per- I got in on the Cowboys under 10 and a half, uh, which is still available. So, and yeah, I also got in on the Eagles to win the division. I mentioned both those on the NFL Gambling Podcast show with Terrell about a week and a half ago, and that was before the Tyron Smith injury. So you can bet win totals and everything. A lot of people aren't focused on NBA right now because you have other sports you could bet futures on, but you could find some value. And we did have big news to talk about for the Western Conference, especially with one team. But we also have to do a little bit of housekeeping involving the end of the Eastern Conference, right? Yes, we do. Uh, like Scott mentioned, this is, you know, we like try, or I feel like I'm, and I'll take fault on this. We're maybe a little late on getting the early looks at the win totals out for the NBA just because we have so much going on. But um, yeah, a big news this week. We had some news this morning. We had some news last night, but I think the bigger news for the NBA gambling podcast came in earlier this week. So I'm not even going to mention this, Scott. I'm going to give you the floor here, my man. Uh, we got some news, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you take it from here, man. Well, I took a victory lap on Twitter, but I'm going to do it again via podcast. I said in early, early July, I believe it was July 1st, it was the day after Durant allegedly requested a trade, and I came out here when everybody on all the media networks was talking about how he might go to Phoenix, he might go to Miami, what are the Nets going to do? They're screwed. And I basically just said, relax. Uh, Everybody calm down. Nets aren't going to do anything. They're going to keep the core. And I remember talking to Terrell either before the show or on the show or both about taking the Nets at 50-1 to to win the title because I didn't think they were going to get rid of either player. And they did not. And now the Nets are basically plus 750. So you you got (laughs) roughly seven times your value if you ended up taking it at 50-1. to But everything I said happened. I said the Nets weren't going to do anything. I said the market was going to be ridiculously high for Durant. Not going to lie, the Gobert trade, which happened about a day or two later, definitely helped me out there. But there was no chance the Nets, in my eyes, were going to punt on a top three player in the league. 
Kyrie was a separate story, but I didn't think the market was going to be there for him. And as far as I know, it wasn't. But I'm going to take a victory lap because I said I was going to when it happened. Yeah. And on top of that, it feels good when you work for a gambling podcast network and you're going head-to-head with opinions on some of the mainstream media sources and all of them were wrong and I was right. So it feels good that even though uh, people might go to other networks for their immediate news, feels good to get the one-up on all of them with their resources. They can take it and, you know, they can shove it because apparently I don't need any. Yeah, I mean, look, you guys you guys crushed it. Um, you know, you said it that Kevin Durant was more than likely or will end up staying, crushed that, picked up some great future tickets. I know Terrell said he had a, I think, 50 to 1. I know you picked up some as well. I got in earlier this month when Kyrie said that he was going to stay. I went back and looked. I think I got 17, I think it was 17 or 18 to 1 on the Nets as well. So um, hopefully you guys were able to cash in on that for the Brooklyn Nets. So it seems like at least for this upcoming season, Scott, that Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, uh, Seth Curry, they get Joe Harris back. I mean, they have a squad. They got Mills uh, and, back too. But. Yeah, they got Patty, Patty Mills back, and they got some scoring punch off the bench uh, with TJ Warren. Uh, they signed in the offseason as well. I think their updated number is, I think it was 54, 51 and a half. Uh, quickly, you want to give out an over-under? I know we didn't talk about that last week because your number wasn't posted, but you want to quickly give out an over-under for that? I'm still looking at the under. Uh, as okay. much as I like the overall Nets roster, and as a Nets fan, I'm happy with how everything played out, I still have durability concerns. Because Kyrie, even when he wasn't missing games for vaccination reasons, he got injured all the time. And mm-hmm. Durant, since coming back from the AC, uh, from the Achilles injury, uh, he has also been injured all the time. So I don't exactly trust him to stay healthy. And I wonder if you can really trust either of them to play, what, 50 games apiece? Yeah. I don't trust either of them to play 50 games apiece. And Ben Simmons gives you defensive upside. He hasn't played in over a year. So I'm kind of curious what his story is going to be. I like the overall roster. I still don't like the head coach. But when your two-star players, common theme from last week, aren't exactly reliable when it comes to health, I'm going to trend under more than over. And that was a big reason why I took the under on the Lakers last year. Mm-hmm. Because people were banking on... LeBron and Anthony Davis and all these guys. And I was looking at the past couple of years and I had to like the under because I didn't trust AD or LeBron to stay healthy. Yeah. And they both uh, did not. So I'm going to go with the under. I think the Nets will make the playoffs, but I could see them finishing with 45, 46, but I think 51 and a half is too high. All right. Yeah. I, I have agreement there. Again, the big, again, the wild card for me is, are we going to get how many games are we going to get out of Kyrie? I think there's some type of stipulation in his contract where he has to play X amount of games. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken about that, but uh, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Is there fine print there because they're going to hold it against him if he gets injured? I don't think. I think it's that's the point. I, I think it's solely yeah. just for you know non-injury right reasons, like personal so. reasons and just not showing up. I guess the work. But that, but that doesn't change the fact though that Kyrie throughout his entire career has been known to suffer some ailments throughout the course of right. the season. Yeah, and I don't think he's the Nets are going to hold it against him if he tries to play. Yeah. And let's say worst case scenario, Kyrie breaks a leg, misses like fifty something games. I don't think they're going to hold the money out from him because he tried to play. Yeah. So I I still don't trust him to stay healthy physically, not because of vaccination reasons. All right. So that gives us a good transition now 
over to the Western Conference win totals here, Scott. Um, we'll we'll get to the Patrick Beverly news, uh, the trade over to the Lakers when we do talk about the Lakers. But I think the news that we got this morning about Chet Holmgren, and also and we usually like to go in you know order from least amount of wins to the most amount of wins projected by the books. But I'm gonna start with the OKC Thunder first here. Um, I, I put the win totals together in our, in our sheet last night, and it was at. 24 and a half prior to the Chet Holmgren news. Obviously, if you haven't heard yet, uh, Chet Holmgren is going to miss the entire 2022-2023 season for the Oklahoma City Thunder after what is now officially classified as a Liz Frank injury to his right foot that he suffered in a Pro-Am game in Seattle on Saturday. So because of that, obviously, no Chet Holmgren uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder as the number two overall pick. Hopefully he's able to rehab and get healthy and be back for the 2023-2024 season. But we were talking about this right before we got on here, Scott, that the win total was only affected by one win uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, before the injury news came out, it was at 24.5, currently listed at 23.5 for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, what do you got for this OKC team? Uh, OKC team, a big blow for their uh, prize possession, the number two overall pick was who was probably going to be the face of their franchise for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I don't want to start off with another victory lap involving a serious injury to a rookie, but I believe none of us on the mothership pod were actually thrilled with Holmgren as a prospect because of this exact reason. Mm-hmm. We liked his overall talent. We thought it was unique, but we thought physically he wouldn't be able to hold up. And... He didn't even get through a pro-am game or, you know, that's how he ended up getting hurt. LeBron drove into him. He got injured and it's unfortunate, but that was the serious red flag that we discussed. And that is what presented itself once again. Anytime you have an extremely skinny seven footer, you have to worry about the legs and he is going to miss the entire season, uh, which is very unfortunate. As for the win total, I find it kind of fascinating because Oklahoma City won 24 games last year. And yet they had the number opening at 24 and a half, which I thought was criminally low. I love the over if Holmgren was going to be healthy. I thought that number was insanely low. Now it's tricky because, first of all, Holmgren is definitely worth more than one win. It's juice to the under at 23 and a half. So it should probably end up dropping around to 22 and a half, 21 and a half. So when you said we usually go in order, we might actually be going in future order because Oklahoma City might have the lowest win total in the Western Conference in about a week or so. Yeah. I think I'm still taking the over. I yeah. do actually like the young talent on this team. And the issue you run into with Oklahoma City, especially with Victor being a prospect who's going to easily go number one next year, mm-hmm. you got to worry about the tankathon that's going to take place. But Gilgis Alexander played 56 games. Dort played 51 games, and Giddy was solid last year, but he also ended up not playing for basically the last month, and Giddy played 54. Mann also played 60. They have some talent on the team, and I'm not sure if they're going to pull the plug on Gildas Alexander again for about the seventh straight year, Mm -hmm. or if they're going to actually let him play a full 80-something, or if they give him, Giddy, and company 70-something games they won 24 last year. I still think this number is a little low, and I like how giddy progressed as the season went on. It might sound like a contrarian play. I'm not going to bet it now. I, I would definitely wait because yeah. I think this line's more likely to drop than go up. Mm-hmm. But I think the reaction to Chet is immediately going to be an overreaction based on win total. Yeah, I think this number is too low. I'm going to go with the over. I think they'll win 25-26. 
especially he hasn't stepped foot on an NBA quarter, an NBA game that you know, you're right. That may be an overreaction, but it I think they would have like, won 30 with him on the court for the record. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head. There is that this team still won 24 games last year with guys like SGA only playing, you know, you mentioned a 56, 51 for Dort. Uh, and they were punting for, for two Giddy. months. Yeah. And they were, especially at the end of the season, when we were absolutely fading this team, uh, at least on the, on the, on the spread, um, but yeah, I think, the, I mean, the amount of money that they have paid SGA, like you're going to have to put them out there for 60, 65 games, at least barring any injuries that do happen with him. Right. And I, again, 56 last season, they shut him down probably for the, what final month or so there, Scott, um, two, two straight years. Yeah. So, and I think that might happen again. So I think that if he gets into a, a range of 65 games, you got Dort back, um, you know, Josh Giddey should take another step forward. Um, and then again, they all have all the draft capital in the world. And, you know, you're going to get eventually Chet Holmgren back after this uh, injury that he did suffer. So the talent is good on this team. And and it's it, it, you talk about a, a an organization that has suffered low losing for, I don't know, how many years now? Like you want to win games. You want to go out there and put your best foot forward. And I think at, let's just say this number closes at 22 and a half. I still think that this num- the, the OKC Thunder to get and get up to you know 25, 26 wins in the Western Conference um, for this upcoming season. Do you have anything I else for this OKC team? Yeah, I was going to say, I also like the over because one thing that a lot of people could consider doing, which they don't, mm-hmm. is taking the midseason hedge. And if you want to talk about finding a nice middle yeah. with midseason win totals, We've seen Oklahoma City quietly get off to good starts in the first couple of months, and then they go into full tank mode after the All-Star break, and they lose basically 90% of their games after the All-Star break. But if you think Oklahoma City has a chance of starting, let's just say, um, I'll try to be realistic. Let's say they start like 15 and 26. That's somewhat realistic. I think we can agree on that. Sure, yeah. I'm assuming a live season win total would be somewhere in the mid-20s, maybe even high-20s. You can make a case for. I would probably say like around 27 probably would be the number. Yeah. You can find a middle. Take an over 23 and a half, 22 and a half, and you hope you have somewhere in the middle. But if you want to talk about where I'll bet this uh, uh, before the season starts, preseason, I'll take the over because I do think if they start off well – you can find yourself a nice maybe four or five uh, four or five win middle there in the middle of the season. Yeah, and I think that it, I think we both agree right now that you probably just want to wait on the OKC Thunder because there will be an overreaction to this Chet Holmgren news, and as you get closer and closer to the season, this number is going to dip because we are seeing the VIG right now on the under at my uh, sorry at under twenty three and a half, which I do think that it'll probably end up around twenty two and a half before the season even gets started for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, getting over to the next team in the Western Conference, uh, we'll start here with the San Antonio Spurs, who come into the season with a 22 and a half uh, win total projection by the books. Last season, this team ended up with a record of 34 and 48. Uh, they did finish as the 10th seed, getting into that playoff bracket, into that play-in tournament. Obviously, the offseason they do trade Dejounte Murray over to the Atlanta Hawks get some draft capital back, some pieces that they I think they already waived. But again, like you mentioned it here, Scott, that this team is probably going to be one of those teams that is going to be in the in the running of tanking the season and going after Victor to kind of revitalize the San Antonio Spurs team. 
We don't know what's going to happen with Greg Popovich. I'm very surprised that he's still the head coach of this team after having so much success w- uh, with the uh, the players that they did have with Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Kawhi Leonard, Manu Ginobili. But it seems like uh, it might be time for Greg Popovich to hang it up and, and ride into the sunset here, Scott. But 22 and a half for the Spurs, what are you thinking? Well, the only thing that you could make a case for for Popovich staying this long was to get the wins record. The problem yeah. is he already has the wins record, so I'm still not sure why he's here. But you can also I don't want to say he's lost his touch or anything like that, too, because the team has really not been very good in terms of talent for several years. But I got to like the under. This team's going to suck. Yeah. I, I don't know how I'm supposed to avoid it taking an under. If we want to talk about a team that might be competing for the worst record in the league, I know it sounds a bit sacrilegious to throw a Popovich team in that list, but you can really look at the roster, and there's nothing to like about this team. Uh, the main piece that was the stat sheet stuffer last year was Murray, and they shipped him off. Uh, yeah. You can argue that Keldon Johnson has definitely emerged as being a pretty good player. I don't think he should ever be a top two player on your team. I think he's a third or fourth option on most quality teams. Uh, they have a lot of young players who could blossom. Primo didn't really do much last year, but he could potentially be good. But you go down the line... I mean, who exactly do you like on this team? You're going to put a lot of faith in Zach Collins? Like, I don't... Jakob Pertl's arguably your second-best player. I, I don't know what you have here. You have Vassal, I think, is okay. Uh, you drafted Wieskamp, who didn't really do much last year, but he can shoot, I guess. Uh, they picked up Roby from the Thunder. Congrats, mm-hmm. I guess. You got Josh Richardson. That doesn't really mean anything. You got yeah. Romeo Langford. Once again, I mentioned the best players on this team. It might be a competition between Keldon Johnson and Jakob Pertl. Like, this team <laughs> might win 16 games. This team yeah. is going to be awful. Jakob Pertl might be a piece that does get traded with a team well, that probably needs some but, that needs some help at the post position. So we'll see. I mean, nowhere near best player, like you mentioned. Is, I think it is Keldon Johnson. I think it is Keldon Johnson. That's a problem. Yeah, but And that's, yeah, and that's the thing, right? 22 and a half seems like a, a very uh, high number for the San Antonio Spurs team. They have a lot of young talent, like you mentioned, but again, not enough, I think, to put a group together to win 23 games in the Western Conference. I mean, right now, looking at it, the depth chart early, it's very, very early, but it looks like Trey Jones is going to be the starting point guard, Devin Vassell, uh, Duck McBuckets, and Keldon Johnson, and like you mentioned, Jacob Berto at the center position. So, um, not, not, I'm not, and again, not excited about this team coming into this year. I agree with you. Let's go with the under. 22 and a half. Do you have anything else to add for this Spurs team? Because I really didn't have much for the Spurs team. Well, you mentioned shipping off Pirtle, which is an option. They might ship off a couple of pieces. Maybe they can spin Richardson and turn him into a trade piece. We'll see. But I think one thing that's also important to keep in mind when you're betting win totals is to imagine how many games they'll be favored in. And the NBA is extremely fickle when it comes to injury reports, players sitting out games, and that's always a concern. Who are the Spurs going to be favored against? Like, really bad teams at home. Like, they'll face Indiana at home and a couple crappy teams. But at the end of the day, they're not really going to be favored against anybody. I don't think they would be favored in more than, what, five games this season, if that? They shouldn't be. Of course, injuries might dictate right. being yeah, yeah, favored yeah. in, like, maybe seven tops. But assuming full strength, even at home, they might be favored against Indiana, maybe Houston, but I would probably take Houston in that game. Like, yeah, I don't think they're favored yeah. I don't think they're favored against anybody besides maybe Oklahoma City as well, but that's like two teams in the entire league. Yeah, that's I, that's not good enough. I'm going yeah. with the under. Yeah. All right, let's get over to the next team in the Western <clears throat> Conference. That's going to be my hometown team, the Houston Rockets. Currently seeing a win total of 23 and a half. 
Last season, this team ended up with a record of 20 and 62, ended up with the worst record in the Western Conference. Um, a lot of players sat at the end of the year for this team, Eric Gordon, Christian Wood. Um, we know about the whole John Wall situation. They were able to finally figure out what they wanted to do with him at, at in this offseason. Christian Wood got traded over to the Dallas Mavericks. Eric Gordon's still on this team, but I... I'm pretty sure that he will get traded at some point uh, during this upcoming season. They do draft Jabari Smith to pair with Jalen Green there and Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, looking at the projected starting lineup for this team, it's going to be Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Eric Gordon, Jabari Smith, and Alpernay Shangoon. Um, I'll try to take the bias off of the out of this team here, Scott, but let me start with you on this team. Um, I'm not exactly sure if Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be the future point guard of this team there's been uh, there was some spots you're, last year where he looked great for this Houston t- Rockets team out. you're not right. sure or you're just being polite I'm being polite okay um, just, just, just check I, I think obviously the building blocks for this Houston Rockets team is going to be obviously Jalen Green and Jabari Smith but let me get your thoughts on this Houston Rockets team well I got to start off with the biggest addition that they had before I give my actual opinion because I so you are the fans so I want you to just give me your honest opinion Jabari Smith, we thought, was an interesting prospect. It seemed like there were a couple of things in his game that he definitely needed to work on, which is why he did not go number one or number two. Do you think Jabari Smith is an immediate impact player as a rookie, or do you think his skills in some areas need to improve drastically before he can immediately be worth X amount of wins on the team? I think his immediate impact will be on the defensive end because this was a team that really struggled defensively last year. I mean, we saw the win, the, the game totals with this team where they were higher scoring uh, games, obviously, and we were playing a lot of overs with the Rockets. I think uh, defensively, yeah, he's going to make a great impact. I mean, they've already nicknamed him the locksmith down here. Offensively is where I think he really needs to polish his game. He does have a jumper, but I think as he... It's the handle. Know, yeah, the, the handles and the shooting, it's going to only get better. Obviously, we're at the professional level in the NBA. I'm really excited to see what happens with Jalen Green taking a next step forward as kind of having the keys to the offense. Now that Christian Wood, who really demanded the ball and just wanted to jack up three-point shots, trying to be like Anthony Davis, is off this team now. And we saw that towards the end of the season last year where they sat Christian Wood. And we saw that spurt where uh, Jalen Green had, I think, like X amount of 30-point games. So. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about him. I, I think the immediate impact, to go back to your question, is going to be Jamari Smith is going to have that on the defensive side of the basketball where they really need it for the Houston Rockets. But I think that's the trade-off because Wood wasn't exactly a good defensive player, yeah. but at least he gave you some height. How sure. tall is Shing- How tall is Shingun? Uh, like 6'9", 6'10". I want to say he's 6'10". Yeah, that was the first number that came to my mind here. I'll look the, it up while you give your thoughts. I was going to say, though, he led the team in blocks with .9 blocks last season. Does he really give you any rim protection? No, he's 6'10". Yeah, so he doesn't exactly have much verticality either. So I guess I still question the defense. Yes, Jabari Smith might help, but if the offensive game really doesn't immediately improve, I wonder if the coaching staff might just put him on the bench and let him try to ease his way into it. I don't think he's a guy who's going to play 30-something minutes immediately and dominate. I don't think that's what Smith is. I think Smith is going to have moments. He might blossom. I kind of view him rookie season-wise as a poor man, Scotty Barnes. Is that a fair comparison? The offensive game, you kind of want to improve as it goes on, but you mostly like the defensive upside when the season starts. So that's kind of how I'm looking at him. I think that he's a 
lower ceiling Scotty Barnes rookie year. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case entire career, but that's how I look at him right now. I still like the under because defensively, they're still going to be terrible. And we talked to you just mentioned Jabari Smith. And yes, I acknowledge he's a good defensive player, but they have no rim protection with Shangun. And anytime you have Jalen Green, who does not even try to play defense, and Kevin Porter, who somehow tries even less than Jalen Green on defense, they're not going to stop anybody. So, yes, Jalen Green can go for a bunch of 30-point games. They also lost a bunch of those games because they couldn't stop the other team from scoring 130. I think Houston probably has the worst defense in the league. If you want to talk about points per game allowed, I think they'll be dead last. So, I'm going with the under because I think there's only one way they can win games, and I still do not like the overall combo of Porter Jr. and Jalen Green because Porter Jr. thinks he's the best player on the team and Green should have the ball in his hands all the time. I'm going to go with the under. I think defensively, this team just has too many red flags for me to consider an over. I can't do it. Yeah, I, I, I want to take the over here, but I'm trying to take my homerism out of it. Um, they're a fun team. I love watching yeah, them they're, play. Yeah, they're going to be a fun but, team to watch. But again, defense, we saw that this year is defense wins your championships, right? And this team is going to be in the bottom of the barrel, at least given up points-wise, like you mentioned, and probably defensive efficiency numbers as well. Are they the, the West Coast the Pacers? Again. Uh, probably put them and then Pacers still have Turner's. So they have some rim protection, but yeah. you know what I mean? Just based on yeah. identity, they're going to give up a bunch of points once they trade off Turner and the totals will be in the two forties and you'll see a lot of young players jacking up a bunch of shots. Yeah. Um, I, I will lean with the over here at 23 and a half. I think they can get to 25 wins. I don't love it, but I really do want to see what kind of comes out of training camp. And, and at least in the first week of the season, we'll see how good this team is defensively. But you mentioned, yeah, there are holes, especially at that position of rim protection for the Houston Rockets uh, for the upcoming season. Um, let's get over to the next team in the Western Conference here. That's going to be the Utah Jazz, a team that has been – uh, very, uh, or sorry, in the news uh, in the offseason, obviously with a huge trade of Rudy Gobert headed to the Minnesota Timberwolves as they get a huge trade package back for him. Currently seeing their win total listed at 30 and a half. Last season, this team did win the Northwest Conference, uh, sorry, Northwest Conference, Northwest Division um, by one game over the Denver Nuggets. Um, Donovan Mitchell's, Look, he's in the trade rumors as well. As of this morning, I saw he has three preferred de- destinations. Whether that's going to be New York, Brooklyn, or the Miami Heat. Oh, Brooklyn, um, Brooklyn, nice. Okay, yeah, that's. I mean, that. I mean, that's. Yeah, what sure, because because that, yeah. that's realistic. Sure, okay. Uh, but I, I think, it, I think the end game for him is probably going to be ending up in the Big Apple with the other team. It's going to be the New York. That's what I personally think. Yeah. But. Um, what do you think about this team? Or right, obviously another trade that did happen. We'll get to that with the Lakers, but Patrick Beverly not, I mean, I don't think he's going to have a huge impact for this team, but he heads over to the Lakers as another trade that they did make bringing in Stanley Johnson and THT 30 and a half here for this team. Uh, Scott, what do you think about the Utah jazz coming into the season? Can you imagine the shot attempts that THT is going to take once they trade away Donovan Mitchell? <laughs> Can you imagine the amount of the volume that he's going to get? Which is he absolutely has to nuts. be in the starting lineup, right? I think he has to. Uh, that's a problem because I don't think he's very good. But I, I gotta like the under. The, the thing is, if you want to make a case for Utah, yes, I like Mitchell as an overall player. I do think he partially got exposed last year, especially in the playoffs, because he just refused to guard anybody. Yeah, and I don't remember Mitchell ever being that 
bad defensively. He was never a shutdown defensive player, but at least he had some pride. And it seemed like in the entire playoff series, Brunson just cooked them. And now you lose Gobert, who bailed out your entire defense because the Mavericks really just proved it. And they couldn't stop anybody on the perimeter at all. And Gobert covered up a lot of holes on that team, not to mention the fact they have a brand new coach who has no head coaching experience, which is a bit of a concern. And Mitchell might get traded either before the season or midseason. I don't think he'll be there post-trade deadline. He might be. But the point is, if a team might be trading away Mitchell as well, how many wins do you think Mitchell is worth on this team? Five? Six? Uh, I was gonna, my number of the first one that popped in was seven, but I think okay. that might be a little too generous. The point is, though, the win total would drop to a hypothetical 24, 25 and a half if mm-hmm. Mitchell gets shipped off in the next couple weeks or couple months. So I got to like the under because I really think that this team defensively, and they also traded Royce O'Neal, who was one of their better wing defenders. Yeah. They don't guard anybody. And now Gobert can't save them. So I got to like the under, because even if Mitchell stays, they're going to be a mess defensively. And if Mitchell goes, they'll be a mess defensively and offensively. This team is actively tanking. There's no way around it. And if they have a shot at Victor, they'll go for it. Give me the under, because even if Mitchell stays healthy... Do you think if he's somehow there post-trade deadline, they won't give him the Oklahoma City shade treatment? Keep him healthy. Don't play him. Enjoy the month off. I see that being a possibility. Give me the under. I think this team might win 22 games. Yeah. So would you rec- then would you say bet this number right now at 30 and a half? I would. I think it only goes down from here because if Mitchell gets yeah. traded, they're getting picks. Yeah, I agree. Look, you let's just say you end up trading uh, – Donovan Mitchell. They, are there going to be other teams that come knocking on the door for Bogdanovich or Mike Conley? I know the the, the contract for Mike Conley maybe tra- uh, makes him untradeable, but the first domino fell already. You're blowing the team up. Yeah, so Mitchell should be out the door soon. I, I think that teams will come knocking on the door for a guy like Bogdanovich and also Mike Conley, and then who you're left with? Jordan Clarkson, Jared Vanderbilt. THT. I think Clarkson's more appealing as a trade piece than Conley. I think Conley's yeah. cooked. Yeah, 100%. I think Clarkson um, gets shipped off before Connolly does. Yeah, right. I mean, some of these teams in the Western Conference are just going to be at the bottom of the barrel here that we're talking about, Scott. But the, the, yeah. Don't underestimate the Victor sweepstakes. He's oh, no, one of the most sought after prospects yeah. since I'm trying to even think of a comparison here. Like, I can't say Ben Simmons, but I guess Ben Simmons. Zion? Zion. No. I, Zion's fair, but yeah, because but Zion, there was also a rant in that class. Yeah, Zion, Zion's a fair call, though. Yes, yeah. that's a fair point. But uh, I just think the tanking is going to be next level. And yeah. the Zion one, once again, is a bit different because Morant was in that class and he was yeah. also viewed as a can't miss guy. So there are multiple prospects that might be the case for this upcoming class. But right now, it's Victor and everybody else. Yeah. So I do think the tanking is going to be on full display. And we know Ainge is not afraid of securing a bunch of draft picks to rival Presti in the 2045 NBA Finals. We'll see what <laughs> happens. If actually, no, in the Western Conference Finals now, because he's not with Boston. But you get yeah. the idea. The point is, Utah is more inclined to trade away all the pieces for future assets. Yeah. This win total, if Mitchell gets traded, I mentioned how you could find a middle for the Thunder uh, if you end up taking the under midseason. If you take the over midseason after Utah trades away Mitchell, you might get a middle of like 10 wins. Yeah. 
I so agree. I'll go with the under. Yeah. Anything else for the Jazz team? Uh, they're really, really, really bad. <laughs> All right. Before we get over to the next team, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, WinBet. Thinking of joining WinBet? Now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. If you're betting baseball, you have time to check out WinBet and their reduced juice in baseball games makes them the best place to bet MLB. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus of up to $1,000. Wind also just released their first quarterback with five touchdown prop bets. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your, to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older in a state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Ross, we're brought to you by Odds Trader. What is Odds Trader? Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sportsbook to get the best, best deals. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for bettors to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so bettors can keep records of all your games and betting activity. So all I got to do is go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. That's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Roster brought to you by Run Your Pool. Run Your Pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their social circles together to compete, connect, and make every game matter more. Run Your Pool offers every game type under the sun from Pick'em and Survivor to Fantasy Pools. It's a one-stop shop for sports gaming with customizable features that you don't get anywhere else. We've teamed up with Run Your Pool to host a official SGPN NFL Survivor contest. Hop in now to reserve your spot. The winner of the SGPN NFL Survivor contest gets $500 in cash plus a $250 gift certificate to the SGPN store. Sign up today over at play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. That's play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. All right, Scott, let's keep it moving here to the next team on the board, and that's going to be the Sacramento Kings who come in with a win total for this upcoming season of 32 and a half. Last season, this team ended up with a record of 30 and 52. The big move that they did made at the trade line was trading Tyrese Halliburton over to the Indiana Pacers for Demonis Sabonis. Um, This team looks like has or does have a projected lineup of uh, De'Aaron Fox. They also picked up Kevin Herter in the offseason. Harrison Barnes is still on this team. Uh, They drafted Keegan Murray. uh, And also, like I mentioned, Sabonis will be at that starting uh, center position for this team. So it looks like they have some they have some pieces. I know you and I both were not a, a fan of the hire that they made at the coaching position with Mike Brown here, Scott. But what are your thoughts about the Sacramento Kings with a win total of 32 and a half? This is a number that seems dead on. I think this is where the number should be. I'm going to lean to the over. Okay. I don't feel great about it because I don't like Mike Brown. Keegan Murray, though, looks like a player. I might have been just dead wrong on him. We'll see how he looks, but so far, so good. The thing is, the Kings are in that rare spot where they're not a particularly good team, but they can't really dump everybody because they just had a quote-unquote all-in push for Sabonis, and they extended Fox for a bunch of money. So they're in that spot where, if anything, they'll be a buyer at the deadline. They can't really sell anybody. 
Yeah. Unless hypothetically Harrison Barnes, but I don't know if they're going to. But the offseason moves have really not been that bad. Herder is not a bad player. I think he's a pretty good complimentary two guard. You have Barnes, who's been a pretty solid player the last couple of years. Yeah. And Sabonis, who is a very good offensive player, terrible defensively, but at least yep. he can give you buckets. I think they are one of the worst teams in their division. I can't say they're officially the worst. Probably they are. It depends how low you are in the Lakers, to be honest. But <laughs> I do think that this team will finish barely over. There's a no chance I play this number, but I'll lean over. I think this team on paper, the, the starting lineup seems like a 35-win team. Yeah, I do like the moves that they did make with the players that they did get, right? I mean, you talked about Kevin Herter there. I think that's a great pickup for this team. Uh, Keegan Murray, you mentioned he had a great summer league. I know it's summer league, but he looks like he's going to be a guy that can contribute immediately for this team. I think defensively it's going to be the question for me. It's like we know Harrison Barnes can play some defense, uh, but are you going to get buy-in from the other players? I'm not sure. They they do have some good depth pieces on this team as well. You know, we talked about Davion Mitchell coming off the bench for them. you know, Terrence Davis last season was pretty good for them. He finished the season with double digit, uh, or he averaged uh, ten point four points. Um, Murray, Murray could come off the bench hypothetically and be a sixth man. I mean, they they got a lot yeah. of versatility there. I yeah. think that their roster is actually not that bad. Now, Mike Brown, I never thought he was a great coach. I think he benefited from inheriting uh, the greatest basketball player of the modern era when he sure. started out because LeBron showed up in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. But I, at the end of the day, think that. The Kings will be a below-average team, but Mike Brown's players, even though I don't think he's a great coach, his players at least play hard for him. I think this is a young team that could still end up showing some type of life down the stretch, even when their team's competing for nothing. I'll go with the slight over. I see 35. Yeah, I think that I think they I, I, with the moves that they did make and in the off season, they they were able to get thirty wins. Yeah, and I think that this may be a team that brain gets into that range. Like you're right, this number is spot on. I think at 35, 36 is where I think they do end up. Um, but I think this is going to be a fun team to watch as well. I mean, look, they they're they've been one of those teams that can score the basketball. It's just for a lot of these teams, we the the theme has really been: are they going to buy in on the defensive end of the basketball? We talked about the Spurs, the Rockets. I think Kings are one of those teams as well that we're going to have to buy in on the defensive end of the basketball. But yeah, I, I think that this is a team that does end up with around 34, 35, possibly thirty six wins um, coming into this season. If you want a comparison, they remind me a lot of last year's Wizards team, and they won exactly thirty five games. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think that's a great comparison there. Um, next team on the board is going to be the Portland Trail Blazers that come in with a win total of 39 and a half. Last season, this team ended up 27 and 55. Um, a lot of uh, moving parts to this team last year, uh, Scott. They trade away CJ McCollum over to the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Damian Lillard was injured for a good portion of the season. He fixed an abdomen issue that he said he was battling for multiple seasons. Um, I don't know. This this roster is nothing I think that can end up with a 500 record here, Scott. Um, 
I, they did draft. Uh, was it was it Sharp that they drafted? They drafted season? Sharp, and he got injured about five minutes into his uh, summer league debut. Yeah, and right now it looks like they're starting. Uh, and they did pick up Jer- uh, Jeremy Grant in the offseason. You get Nurkic back, but I'm still not sold on this team here, Scott. I I'm leaning with the under. But what are your thoughts about this Portland Trailblazers team coming in with the win total of thirty nine and a half? So last year, I remember we went a little bit head-to-head on the Mothership pod. I was a big fan of the under for Portland for win total because I thought that the roster wasn't very good, and I thought that Billups might not be a great coach. Are we sure Billups can coach? That's a great question. So I think the answer so far is no. Now, I'm not going to fully blame him from last year because he inherited an absolute dumpster fire, but they weren't good when Lillard was playing anyway. And now they have no McCollum. Yes, I know that Grant is an offensive, you know, he's a solid offensive player. But I do think if you want to talk about the pros and cons, Grant has a lot of similar pros and cons to McCollum. He's a significant shot volume guy. He can give you buckets. Does he play much defense? No. I think you can argue that the pros and cons between their two, the two players, well, the one they got and the one they got rid of, aren't they kind of similar or at least comparable in terms of plus minus like attributes? Yeah, I think so. I think they are, but I'm looking at the rest of this team, and I don't know what there is to like. We, You just saw their first-round draft pick, their top-10 pick, get injured in the first five minutes, and he played no college basketball last year. Yeah. Do I have faith in him mm-hmm. really making a contribution? I do like the Gary Payton the second signing, Yeah, but I don't exactly know what his role on the team's going to be. Is he a starter? Is he a sixth man? Do you... Does he move the needle that much? I get that Gary Payton II is a very good defensive player, but he's the only player on the team that plays defense. Yeah. They also got Joe Ingles. Yeah. Uh, he's Sean, coming off a torn ACL. He's too. coming off a torn ACL. I'm and assuming he'll be, too, yeah. he'll be trade bait by the by the trade deadline because I'm sure one team's going to want him. But I don't really like anybody else on this team. Like, what is your bench unit? Is it Chris Dunn? You're going to use Greg Brown the third. You're going to use Eubanks. Like. Ben Mclemore, they don't have anybody on this team. It's I, just I a lot of names. Under. Yeah, it's, it's a, lot a lot of names, of names of it's a lot of names of guys who you remember in college or like two three years ago and go. Oh, so that's where he ended up, and he's just in yeah. Portland. I'm going with the under. I think this win total is absurd. I think they're going to win like 32 games, if that. And I'm assuming they're going to trade some piece at the deadline. Yeah, there's there's so no too. way they're buying. Yeah. I agree. Again, it's just a lot of names. I mean, you mentioned it right now. That's the kind of first thing that kind of came to my mind. Number one, they are going to be there. The salary cap for them is going to be cash wrapped with the amount of money that Damian Lillard took uh, to stay here. Uh, you know, and Simons I, is healthy. Forgot to mention st- him, but he got injured last year too. I don't know if he can stay healthy. Yeah, and Jeremy Grant, another player that you know, again, a player that He's, does get yeah. injured a lot. Nurkic, same thing. So a lot of injury riddled players on this roster. The question does become, you know, how healthy can this team stay? So. I don't know this. I feel like they're not a 500 team. They probably end up in the vicinity of 36, 37 wins. They end up like 37, 45, then getting under this number. And again, injuries are going to be another concern for this team coming into the season. And again, at the head coaching position, do we, you're right. Do we believe that Chauncey Billups is a great head coach? Who knows? He may get fired by the end of this year or even mid season. If things aren't working out for this Portland Trailblazers team. So I think I love this under as well at 39 and a half for the Portland Trailblazers. Do you have anything else for this Portland Blazers team? I think the one question, I don't want to outrage some fans out there because I am a pretty big Lillard fan. I had in the past. 
And yes, you can talk about the abdomen hurting him for the past couple of years, but to go through the numbers for 29 games last year, he averaged 24 points per game, which is the lowest since 2014-2015. He shot 40.2% from the floor, which is the lowest in his entire career by over 2%. And he shot 32.4% from three, which is 4% lower than any other season. Now, some of that could be injury dictated, but I do at least want to discuss... Are the markets just completely overreacting how many wins Lillard can carry this team to? Because it seems like they're expecting Lillard to put the entire team on his back. Are we sure he's capable of doing that? I don't think so. I think he needs a co-star next to him. Now, is Jeremy Grant that answer? I don't think so, Scott. Is Simons, maybe, but like I, I got to yeah. see a bigger sample size. But I like Lillard as a player. Yeah. It's, like peop- it's like the markets are still expecting him to be a top 10 guy who's going to single-handedly carry his team to 40-something wins, and I don't think he's going to be able to do that. I feel like Damian Lillard is a player that doesn't trust his teammates. He shouldn't. Look at his teammates. We just roasted his teammates for five minutes. (laughs) I I gotta like the under. I I don't really like much about this team. I think that they're fun, but we also talk about Lillard, and I'm going to bring it up again. Does Lillard play much defense? No. Does Simons play much defense? Mm, nope. Does Does Grant play much defense? Kinda. He blocks some shots, but yeah. that's like they don't have anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Not to mention the injuries. If they stay healthy, there's no guarantee they win 40 games. Yeah. So I gotta like the under. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, getting over. Uh, all right, before I get over to the teams that have uh, win totals in the 40s range. Let me tell you guys about Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there, and we at SGP and use it for ours. They just passed 4 million users, and now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from 20, so I'm sorry, two times over 20 times the money you put in. With the NFL season right around the corner, Sleeper is the first sports contest built into the fantasy experience. The main reason I'm excited about over-under on Sleeper is that's the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where we can see and copy our friends' picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile device, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP, and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Ross are brought to you by Trade Coffee. Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. Trade's coffee team actually taste tests thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every single day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you, and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback, and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send you a brand-new bag for free. Whether your friends call you a coffee snob or you just know it when it comes to coffee taste, really perfect Trade's real coffee experts personally taste test over 450 roasts so they know exactly what to recommend to you. Because the truth is what I may like and what you may like are going to be completely different. 
and you will like a selection of specific coffees that are different from anyone else's taste. Just answer a couple of questions on their website and you'll get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like. And they are no gimmicks. So all you have to do right now for trade is now offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you only go to drinktrade.com SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started today by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com SGP and let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com SGP for $30 off and free shipping. All right, Scott, let's get into the next team here. We're approaching the range of teams with 40-plus win totals coming up for the next season, and that first team is going to be the New Orleans Pelicans. It's a big Ooh. jump, right? First it is, 41 from 39 and a half to 44. 44. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of rare. Yeah, five-win uh, five, uh, jump here um, for the Western Conference. So it kind of tells you who they think. And it was a big jump from Sacramento to Portland as well, from 32 and a half to 39 and yeah. a half. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Pelicans last season. I think this was a team you and I were both down on until the trade deadline, where they did bring in CJ McCollum and they just turned it up in that second half of the season. Scott, they got into the playing tournament, they got into the the postseason, they gave the Phoenix Suns a run for their money. But I think this is a team that, if you're a Pelicans fan, you probably want to be excited for. You're going to get Zion Williamson back. Asterisk. You don't. We don't know how long he's going to be there. Uh, what the injury concerns you do have, but I do like this core of CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram. Uh, you talk about you know some of their frontline guys with uh, Valanciunas, who's a rebounding machine. Uh, Jackson Hayes also at that front court position, and I love their head coach on this roster um, to kind of guide this team here. They might be a team that surprises coming into this season. I'm kind of high on them uh, coming into this season, Scott. But what are your thoughts about the Pelicans coming in with a win total of 44 and a half? So first things first, how many games? I'll set the number at 40 and a half. Oh, how many games do you think season? Zion plays? I think uh, it's a fair number. I think it's a yeah. fair number. Uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll, I'll take the over. So aren't you automatically taking the over and win total? Like if Zion yeah. plays 50-something games, they're going over. But <laughs> you said you're you're high on them. You think they might surprise some people. They're not surprising me. I you I try to bet with my brain and I try to keep my heart out of it, but this is kind of a spot where I think my heart's more invested than my brain. But I I still like the over on both sides. Mm-hmm. I fucking love this team. I'm gonna be <laughs> honest. Like I love everything about this team because yeah. of not just the roster and the talent. A lot of it is based on the coaching, the intensity, and just the fact that they looked like a competent basketball team. For the first time in a long time. And they won me over in that Phoenix series. Now, luckily yeah. for us, they turned it up at the end of the regular season, but not by enough. We still cashed our unders with them. Yeah. So that was nice. But I really like this team. And you mentioned a lot of the key pieces. Ingram took a massive leap in the playoffs. I'm hoping he can keep that going. Valanchunas is very good. Zion, we know when healthy, is an immediate top 20 player in the league. I mean, yes. Point Zion was a lunatic that one year. Uh, besides that, you have Herb Jones, who's been a phenomenal defensive player, and he was a very nice piece for them. And you got Grand Theft Alvarado, yep. who I really like as a backup point guard. Yeah, I th- I think this team has a lot of talent, and it's not even just the starting five. I really like the energy that the bench unit provides, and I think that when some teams fall off a cliff, 
when the starters get pulled for a couple minutes, I think the Pelicans can actually extend some leads or even cut into some deficits when the bench unit comes in. And they also have a couple of good shooters off the bench. Some of them were very, very young who contributed last year. But if you want to look at the overall roster, they have a very nice eight-man nucleus that I think can win them a lot of games. I think Willie Green is a shot to win coach of the year. Yes. I mentioned that, which is a nice double-digit play. I think it was like, what, 14 to 1, 15 to 1, I think. I'll I can look that up. Uh, but I think that's a pretty solid value play. It might have even been 20 to 1 if you shop around. But if you really just look at all the people that they have on this team, they have a lot of talent. And I think that this team could surprise others, not us. I'll take the over. Am I nuts for thinking this team could, if things go well, win 50 games? Uh, that was exactly what I was just going to ask you. I was like, do we think this is a team that can win 50 games? I think they could. I think I'll probably put them at 48 to be somewhat conservative but optimistic. But I see a path where they could, keyword could, yeah. win 50-something games. Yeah, and a lot of times when I'm looking at these teams where I think they can be contenders or even you know possibly get over their win totals, it's, it's the three levels I'm looking at, right? your star players, rim protection, and your 3 and D guys. And for me and your head coach, I got to throw in that as well. I forgot to I mention think, Trey Murphy, by the way, is the three-point guy. I think he's yeah. good too. Yeah, and I think they tick all three bo- or all four boxes. They have a great head coach. They have the star players with C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion when healthy. You, we talked about the 3 and D guys or the defensive uh, you know, link that they do have. And then again, you talked about the bench as well and shooters on this team as well. So – Willie Green uh, right now is 18 to 1 uh, to win the coach of the year. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I love this team as well. And again, I think that they're going to finally be able to put it together. You get Zion back, sign him to the contract section. It's just time to come out and just play basketball and go out and win as many wins, uh, get as many wins as you can. Is there a, I think there's a very high possibility as well that this team ends up as a top four team in the Western Conference, top three, if they're all able to stay healthy, Scott? Am I too, that too much of a reach? No, if they all stay healthy, which is the big if, they'll. Yeah. I think they'll be a top four seed. The problem is that you have to warn about Zion and the fact that Ingram, McCollum, and Zion all don't exactly play much defense. Yeah. And Valanciunas is a bigger center. He can't really move that much laterally. So you do wonder about the defensive lapses at times. But the fact that they were so good to end the year once McCollum showed up means that even if Zion misses some games, I know the Pelicans can compete. So I don't think you're automatically dead with an over if Zion misses time. Are you going to win? Probably not. But I don't think you're officially dead to rights, which means if Zion gives you anything, that might be the boost you need. I think 50 is reasonable if Zion plays at least 55 games. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. Um, I, I think we're, that's something that we're going to keep an eye on for sure, is that if Zion's able to stay healthy, and I think that you know they may get give him that those nights off, right? Injury management, I think you're going to have to with a guy like Zion. But I, I think that, again... They're good enough number, to win anyway. Yeah, either, I think they're good enough without him to you know win games. But it'll be interesting to see how they kind of integrate Zion when they had built that chemistry last season with uh, Ingram and CJ McCollum. But uh, again, I, I, we I both are very high on this team coming into this year. I know both of us were low on it last year, but I think this is a year where this is the time to buy the stock on the New Orleans Pelicans. Anything else for this team, Scott? Well, the main reason why we were down on them last year was because, one, they didn't have McCollum, but two, Zion was already ruled out indefinitely, and we both knew going in, oh, Zion's clearly not going to play this year. Yeah. 
So he got in because people expected him to come back. Now it's the opposite end where he's actually expected to return and be ready for the first game. So there really is no injury concern to start the year. That's the main differential between last year's breakdown and this year's breakdown. Yeah, 100%. All right, getting over to the next team here. We could probably have a whole separate podcast just on this team, but it is going to be the Los Angeles Lakers. Break down the trade. <laughs> Last season, this team ended up 33 and 49. Okay. Going back to two seasons, this team had an opportunity to get Kyle Lowry on this roster. They just had to throw in Talon Horton Tucker THT into that trade, but the Lakers were high on him at that point. I don't know if they were high making that decision as well at the time, but that kind of backfired. Now you include him in a trade to the Utah Jazz with Stanley Johnson for Patrick Beverly. Now I'm not saying Patrick Patrick Beverly is a is is a is a bad player. He was on the Rockets. He was a fan favorite. He's that pest that you want to have on your team. But when you talk about players like having a Kyle Lowry at your starting point guard position instead of Russ West Westbrook right now and Patrick Beverly, I think in hindsight you would have made that trade a hundred times out of hundred times here, Scott. But they bring in Patrick Beverly, forty-four and a half for this. Uh, sorry, forty-five and a half for this team coming into the season. LeBron last season played fifty-six games. Anthony Davis missed a hair over half of the season last year where he only played 40 games. It just didn't come together for this team last year. Frank Vogel out the door. They hired Darvin Ham. He's already come out and said defense is going to be the focus for this team coming into the season. I'm not sure it's going to be enough here, Scott. We heard about the Kyrie Irving uh, rumors. I don't think that's going to come into fruition, at least for this upcoming season. Maybe next year. LeBron signs a two-year deal to stay in L.A. A lot of moving parts here. A lot of stuff going on with this team here, Scott. But what are your thoughts on the Lakers coming into this season? I think this team's going to be terrible. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to not think that. LeBron, we know, when healthy, has been solid. The issue is, for the last couple of years, he hasn't been healthy. And yeah. AD, we know, is not going to be healthy. That's a foregone conclusion. Westbrook, we know, was a terrible fit from last year and nothing's changed. In fact, you brought in his arch rival to join the team, so I don't know how that's going to work itself out, but I'm trying to figure out what this team is supposed to do, particularly on the wings, and we know LeBron, when healthy, is going to be the starter, obviously, but you're looking at who else they have on this team. The main issue they ran into last year was wing depth, and two wings that they had were Taylor Horton Tucker, who sucked last year, and Stanley Johnson. And Johnson was actually good for them, and they got rid of him. So aren't they back to where they were before they even picked up Johnson in free agency, which is our wing defenders suck? What changed? They just went backwards, didn't they? I think so. I do. And again, we thought this team was going to be making splash moves, but they were strapped with not only draft capital – that they've given away, but also the salary cap issue is is a huge concern with this team. When you have a guy like Russell Westbrook on this roster, that it, his contract is just untradeable uh, yeah. at this point. I mean, we've heard the rumors about Indiana being a destination possibly for Russell Westbrook, for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. I'm not sure if they, uh, Indiana was to put themselves in that position, but I got to agree with you. I'm leaning towards the under here as well. It's just looking at a roster construction standpoint. It's not a very good roster. We talk about Anthony Davis year in and year out. He's a huge 
liability to be injured and miss a half of the season. We saw that last year when this he guy's also healthy, a good one, healthy. Yeah. And when he's healthy, yeah, he's one of, he's a top 10 player in the NBA. Top five, last arguably. year though, he, he kind of sucked when he I was think, on yeah. the court. He, he really wasn't good. Yeah. He only averaged 18 and a half points. Oh, sorry. No, he averaged uh 23.2 points, but from just an a just the eye test, he just wasn't passing there, right, Scott? Wasn't he, Davis? I was gonna say, wasn't he the lowest mid-range shooter in terms of percentage in the league? I would, I think so. Uh, something I would have shoot. to look up. Yeah, and maybe so, it was. What did he miss the season last year for? Was it a shoulder issue or was it a leg issue? Uh, it was a couple of things. He had the really, really bad ankle injury against uh, Utah, which basically put his entire yeah. season on ice after that. Yeah. But I, I guess the wing move they made, uh, they picked up Lonnie Walker from San Antonio, who's been kind of a mixed bag so far in his career. Uh, they picked up Descano Anderson, who was a healthy scratch in the Warriors' entire title run. Me. He just didn't play ever. So mm-hmm. I don't think Descano Anderson's a very good player. Uh, they got rid of Stanley Johnson. They don't really have many options here. Uh, sure. I mean, at center, they got Thomas Bryan, who's off an injury, but I still think he's an okay player. They got Dwight. Uh, they have uh, Damian Jones, who I actually think is not that bad. But, I mean, you're looking at the roster. I mean, we're just throwing out names at this point, and we don't really like many of the people here. Uh, yeah, they're still extremely old. I, and I don't think they got enough. I don't think they got younger, and that's a problem. And that's the thing, right? Like we talked about the role players, but it's like your best players have to step up and be good. And when you have injury prone players in a, another West uh, Westbrook who can't make a jump shot to save his life or stop shooting three point shots, your best players are, are what's going to carry you on this roster. Yeah, sure. You you add the names that you just rattled off, but when your best players aren't being aren't, aren't their best or injury prone. You're not going to get very far. So I do like the hire of Darvin Ham. I mean, he said all the right things in his, you know, introductory press conference and players respect him around the league. And I think it was well deserved that he did get a head coaching job in, in the National Basketball Association. But I think it's I think it's a transition year. I, I really think the Lakers yeah. are just trying to tread water until Westbrook's officially Brooks, off yeah. the books. And then you can reinvest that money elsewhere. But for this year, yeah. you can argue since Westbrook's an expiring. Maybe a team picks up a, a trade at the deadline if yeah. the Lakers throw in a pick. Yeah. But the chemistry on this team last year, especially, was absolutely shot. And Beverly even discussed it when he was talking to Stephen A on ESPN about a month ago or so, when he basically said, if I was on the Lakers, we'd make the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> First of all, no, you wouldn't. But second of all, the main reason why he said that, he said on air that LeBron isn't a leader. And those yeah. are his words, not mine. And you can talk about the bad body language. You can talk about the fact that LeBron basically sat out the last couple of weeks uh, because there's really no point. But yeah. the, the thing is, I do wonder if LeBron is fully capable of carrying a team, either physically or even emotionally as a leader, to 40x wins. And I don't see it anymore. I think those days are past him. And if you want to talk about LeBron staying healthy, I'll ask you this. Mm-hmm. In order for the Lakers to go over this number, how many games does LeBron need to play in? And how many games does Anthony Davis need to play in? 65 plus. Each or just for Davis? No, both. I think LeBron needs to play like 73 plus games if they want to go sure. over. I got the number a lot higher. I think LeBron needs to miss less than 10 games if they want to have any shot That's at fair. this. I don't see it. I'm going under... 
because this team is still old. The spacing's still screwed up because Westbrook's there. And Ham might be a good assistant. He's never been a head coach. I'm not going to immediately assume that he's going to be able to do anything. No, you have yeah. a lot, there, there's a lot of egos in the room, yeah. mostly involving Westbrook as well, because he has not been able to adapt when his play style is completely obsolete. But I have to like the under. There's too much drama. There's too much concern. Westbrook is going to say he's going to have to be a pass first point guard now. Like we know in his career that he's been a guy where he just gets downhill, tries to get to the basket and, you know, take those mid-range jump shots that he can make. But I think for now, Westbrook, at least for this season, he's going to have to be a pass first point guard and just get he can't it to even Le- shoot mid-range anymore. Yeah. He has to get it to LeBron or Anthony Davis or attack the basket and get to the free throw line. That I think that's what it's going to have to be. But for why would anyone Westbrook. guard him? Like you're going to throw him in the dunker spot. Like anytime he's one pass away on the wing, you can just double team LeBron and dare Westbrook to shoot it. I mean, that's the yeah. problem. The spacing is completely screwed. And even Beverly's not exactly a great offensive player either. No. So I don't really think that they're going to be able to do much. I don't want to sound like a complete hater, but we got to at least bring it up. They cashed a huge bet for me when I took the Lakers about a month into the season and missed the playoffs at about plus 560. Yeah. Do you think they make the playoffs? Because I don't. I think they'll make it. I think they'll make I, the play-in. I, I think that yeah, I think they're probably going to end up again in that 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 lower half of the bracket of below sixth. Whether that yeah, the, the, that's they didn't, much they didn't the even play make the play-in last year. So yeah, I think they they'll be better, but I think they'll yeah. be a ten, a nine maybe. Yeah, I, I think I, I yeah, I'll probably put them in. I'll put them in that nine eight range okay. uh, for the Lakers coming into the season again. Like you mentioned, it's it's going to have to be barring LeBron plays significant games and. Anthony Davis is able to stay healthy. All right, let's get over to the next uh, team uh, for this Western Conference. Uh, it's going to be the Memphis Grizzlies here. Scott, 48 and a half is their win total. Last season, this team came in or finished the season winning the Southwest Division. They went 56 and 26. Um, Got into the playoffs, were derailed by an injury that did happen to John Morant, their best player against the Golden State Warriors. Um, this season, they come in with a Triple J missing. I believe he's missing another six months, isn't he? He's not going to be back till December, I believe. Um, again, for this roster, and you pretty much have the same guys coming back. They were able to retain uh, Desmond Bain. Uh, the same same starting lineup is going to be here for the Memphis Grizzlies: John Moran, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks. Um, well, that's a that's a problem. With Dylan Brooks, right? Yeah, that's a problem. You don't want him on the team. That's the problem. <laughs> and Steven Adams. But um, I know Terrell was very high on this team last year and going into the playoffs before the John Moran injury. But what are your thoughts about this Memphis Grizzlies team coming into the season with a 48-and-a-half win total? I think we all were. I had the Grizzlies over as one of my favorite win totals on the Mothership pod, and they cruised over. But Jaron Jackson's a very good defensive player. He's out four to six months. So it's not officially six. We can meet in the middle and say it's five. But he had surgery late June, early July. So you can you can plan that out accordingly. It means he'll come back at some point, probably November. So you can figure that out. But I'm going to have to lean to the over. Uh, Morant okay. has had injury issues in the past. He did not play in many games uh, last year. He played in some, but he played 57, which sounds a decent amount, but... I mean, you missed 25. That's not exactly ideal. But the Grizzlies won a bunch of games without him. And in fact, mm-hmm. there was a conspiracy theory, which I actually kind of agree with. I kind of agree with that, that they're better without him. 
and especially <laughs> defensively. I just thought they were light years better when Morant wasn't on the court. But the point is, if Morant does miss time, this team is capable of at least playing 500 ball. And Bain was really good last year. Mm-hmm. Brooks, I despise, but we'll see what happens moving forward. I like Brandon Clark a lot. Yeah. Uh, I just think that this team does have a lot of talent. And uh, Tyus Jones, still there. Very good backup point guard in case Morant yeah. gets hurt again. I got to go with the over. I mean, they won 56 games. I know that Jackson might miss some time. I'm not sure how many wins he's worth. But looking at the overall roster, this team is still very good. And even if they end up, you know, struggling against the Warriors and how they try to be as cringe as possible when it comes to being in their heads when the Warriors won the damn title. So I know how that makes any sense. doesn't really matter. Point is, the Grizzlies are still a good team. They'll beat up on the bad teams. And even if they struggle with some of the top, top tier teams, there aren't many of those. So I'm going to go with the over. I think this team should win 50. Do you feel like this is a, ro- a team that needs another? They need to trade Adams. I don't think Adams fits in with this team. Yeah, that's, that's the one thing is that Adams, they probably need to trade him, and Brandon Clark should be the starting power forward uh, for this team. If you, uh, swapped out, if you swapped out Adams for like a Miles Turner, a slightly more athletic center who could shoot a little bit, mm-hmm. I think that would be a big move for this team. Not even a superstar, just somebody who's yeah. not a complete stiff at center. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I would want to put Brandon Clark into that starting uh, center position, or is he too undersized? I like Clark. I think he should start. But if you want to okay. talk about what the move is for this team, they should have got rid of Brooks yesterday. But I think Adams and Brooks are extremely, extremely expendable. And I think mm-hmm. that's where you'd go with this team. But I don't think they're going to win 56 again. I'm not picking them to win in the high 50s or even mid 50s. I'll pick them to win 50 flat. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Is their, I mean, division, I sh- is their division good? Not really. No. So they're in the Southwest division. I think the only competition is going to be the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. Um, but and they I got like worse because Brunson's gone. Yeah. And I feel like they still need one more uh, playmaker that can create his own shot on this team. And Dylan Brooks is not that guy for this team. Desmond Bain, great shooter, but I feel like they need another playmaker aside like John Morant. Uh, Trade for Clarkson. Come- yeah, that's a possibility as well. I just feel like that's just one more missing piece that they do need on this team. Um, you got a number in mind? I said 50. I think that I was going to say I was going to agree with you, and I said that this is a 50-win team for sure on paper, right? I mean, eventually you're going to get Triple J back, and you're probably going to make a, 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 a run in that second half of the season when you do have him back. But, again, this is a team that's, that's on the rise, right? I mean, they have players on this roster. They have some athleticism. You have John Moran, I mean, who's – and he missed 25 games last year. Yeah. Like, there's a chance he misses like 10 and mm-hmm. you're going to fly over. Yeah. And two guys last year that made most of the starts was Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson, who, you know, both finished with 78 uh, starts and 76 uh, starts, uh, respectively. Steven Bain Adams is, throwing Bain that is so well. damn good. I love him. Yeah. Player. He was really good. Yeah. Uh, what else for this Memphis Grizzlies team? Uh, you have anything else, Scott? I don't really have any uh, actual awards to talk about. For the Pelicans, I mentioned Coach of the Year, Mm -hmm. Comeback Player, which isn't available anywhere. I mean, Zion's going to be the huge favorite. I don't really have many other angles there. Uh, Besides, maybe Herb Jones, defensive player, but I probably wouldn't assume he's going to win it. But for Mm -hmm. the Grizzlies, I really don't have much because Jaron Jackson was a popular option for defensive player, especially like at 100 to 1 midseason last year. But, of course, he's missing the first couple months, so he's clearly not going to win it. Morant won most improved, which was bullshit, by the way, but he won it. 
don't think they're going to win any awards, do you? Because I don't know what awards they can win. I mean, I think the only one that John Morant MVP maybe, but I think that's it. As a coach of the year, but I doubt it because people actually uh, expect stuff from the Grizzlies now. Yeah, because I mean, I, I think that that coach of the year. I mean, they won fifty six games last That's year. That's what I'm I, saying. There's no yeah. improvement. Yeah, there's no improvement so. possibility for this team. So, yeah, I don't think there's any awards that I do like. All right, let's get over to the next uh, team here, Scott. We have the Dallas Mavericks, same number as the Memphis Grizzlies in the same division, forty eight and a half last season. This team um, finished with fifty two wins, thirty losses. Uh, we saw them make that playoff run. They beat the uh, Phoenix Suns. Just uh, fell short against the Golden State Warriors. Um, Jalen Brunson, the big news, he departs for the New York Knicks. You brought in, you brought in Christian Wood on this roster. You know more, you know more about him than me, but he seems like a pretty good stat sheet player who does a lot of negatives that aren't exactly on the stat sheet. Yeah, and I think that one thing that I've been saying about this this Dallas Mavericks team is that they need somebody in in the, in the post that can score the basketball. I think Christian Wood is that guy now. Playing a sound like Luca is going to be completely different than what he was able to do with the Rockets, where he did have that complete freedom of, or not complete freedom, I should say, but he had opportunities to score more. But I think that connection between Christian Wood and Luca is something that could be dangerous for this team. Um, but you get Spencer Didwitty on this roster. He was pretty good last season, at least in the postseason for this team. He's um, taking the Brunson role. I mean, that's yeah. what he's going to do. Reggie Bullock is still as a shooter on this roster. You still have DFS, and obviously I talked about Christian Wood as well. I still feel like they're a player away from this team, like a Jalen Brunson pretty much, or another co-star next to Luka on this team, uh, Scott. But what do you think about Dallas coming into this year with a, a win total of 48 and a half? And I think I do need to commend Jason Kidd last year for how – drastically improved this team defensively um, from year over year, especially when you had Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle that we've shit on uh, so much uh, over the past couple of seasons, uh, Scott. Yeah, well, one underrated move they made as well, they got JaVale McGee, yeah. which I think is a very nice boost there. McGee's been a very solid backup center for the last couple of years, really since his Lakers run, where he became a, one of the most sought-after backup centers in the league. As for this team, though... I feel like the automatic public reactions, the over, because they made the Western Conference Finals and they were very good. I think I'm going to lean to the under. I think one team's going to have to regress. And Dallas won 52. I know that they were insane down the stretch. I just wonder how much of the insane three-point shooting is is actually able to be duplicated. And they shot the lights out in the second half of the year. And I'm just not sure if that's fully sustainable for an entire season. I think I'm going to lean under. I think it's going to be close. I'll give them 46 wins or so. Like, I'm okay. not going to bet this whatsoever. But I do think with Wood showing up and with McGee and with losing Brunson, you might get some growing pains involved in the early portion of the year. They might pick it up again at the All-Star break. But I'm going to lean to the under I don't feel great about it, but I see somewhere around 46, 47. I'll go with the under. Yeah, they also get Tim Hardaway Jr. back as well. He missed. That's, that's uh, also a good piece, too. Yeah. Um, I was trying to see what the division odds are for this. Uh, I was trying. To, I was going to look up how many games Hardaway actually played in last year. Uh, I think it was 20. He played 42. 42 started, and started 20. Yeah, so he missed. He was out. He was out when they made their big push, but I don't know if that means that Hardaway is not a great fit for this They're like can i kind of say that that was a ewing theory with hard with hardaway can i say that because they were very good when he wasn't on the court 
Possibly. I don't know, so we'll see. But they have a lot of good three-point shooters. I just question if they can shoot that well for that long. And you talked about Woods negatives. There's a lot of them. And I wonder if he's going to be a disaster on defense. I'll lean under. I don't feel great about it. Um, I think this yeah. was the hardest one on the board. Yeah, I mean, this team is always a coin flip every single year. And I, just for my Houston bias, I always want to take a Dallas under. Um, but I think that the loss of Jalen Brunson is going to be bigger than, you know, uh, I think that people may be thinking about. I mean, they still say, hey, you still have Luca on this roster. He looks slim. He's been playing Euro basketball, so he's going to come in in shape. But I think if you look at the rest of this roster, and like you mentioned, it's really been a three-point shooting that really carried them in the playoffs and possibly even during the season. But I don't know. I, the, the, the Christian Wood Priest isn't intriguing for me, but I just don't think there's enough on this roster. I think they still need that co-superstar or co-star all-star player next to Luger for this team to really, you know, catapult themselves into being a top three team in the Western conference and, you know, making a run to the Western conference finals and maybe making it to the NBA finals. I just don't think that they have enough with this, uh, with just Luca and a bunch of pieces around him. This entire team solely relies on three point variants. This entire yeah, team yeah. is built on shooting as many threes as possible. They're the prototypical modern era analytics team. Because I'd say about 60-something percent of their shots are going to be threes. Yeah. So And, and if, that's what it was in the playoffs for this team, too, right? Like, last two years. And that's the point. They caught fire. That's why they won. But I don't know if I trust them over a full 82 to shoot at the same clip they did in the second half last year. And if you're going to live and die by the three every single game, I'm going to lean to the under and just hope variance takes over. Yeah, I think so, too. Um I don't yeah, feel great about it though. I don't either. I like this was one of the team uh, that that this is just a coin flip in this Western Conference, and yeah. I think that you maybe would get a, a better number like if they get off to a slow start, possibly that you're able to get a better number during the during the season. Oh, I agree. Yeah. All right, uh, Scott. Let's get over to the next team. It's going to be the Minnesota Timberwolves, who also have a record or sorry, a win total projection of forty eight and a half. Uh, this team last year, we saw their them win the NBA championship after they beat uh, the was it the late the Clippers in yep. the play in tournament. Um, congrats to them for raising the banner there. But you bring in Rudy Gobert in, in a monumental trade of an asinine amount of draft picks uh, for him. You are pretty much running back the same roster that you did have with Carl Anthony Towns, uh, with uh, D'Angelo Russell, and then obviously Anthony. Edwards, um, Chris Finch, I do like as a head coach, but I'm, I, I'm, all, I'm on the fence about Chris Finch. He was so bad in that playoff series. Oh, yeah, he got out coach. I think that was his first first playoff or, you know, his play in tournament and playoff like experience. I'm just saying they, they blew leads in about four separate games. It, yeah. it was rough against Memphis. Yeah, yeah. Um, they come in with a win total of 48 and a half. Same as the Mavericks, same as the Grizzlies. What are you thinking about this team with the addition of Rudy Gobert on this roster to anchor their 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 uh, rim protection there for this team? So for reference, they won 46 last year. Uh, they have Utah in the division. Utah is going to be terrible. So that's a lot of uh, it's shifting in terms of division breakdowns because that's 49-33, and they're probably going to win 20-something games. Denver's still going to be good. Denver's going to be very good. We're going to talk about them in a second. But I'm actually going to go with the under at 48 and a half. I get the appeal of having Gobert as your defensive anchor. 
does that just make Cat a pure three-point shooter? Yep. Like, what what type of spacing do you have on this team now? The spacing's yeah. cooked. I agree. I, I, I don't I don't know what they're supposed to do. And D'Angelo, I can't believe he's still on the team, especially <laughs> after that playoff series. I thought he was a given to be shipped off, and yet he's still there. He's mostly a negative. He gets injured every year, too. But Edwards, I really, really like. I still don't know if he actually gets his teammates involved enough mm-hmm. or he's aggressive enough with the ball in his hands. He should be shooting more. Yeah. But I'm going to go with the under because anytime you bring in a big piece with really no offensive talent, I have to question spacing. And with Cat having a lane to at least drive into the paint, now he doesn't have that lane anymore. I think you're going to see a lot of early season growing pains, kind of like what we said about the Hawks with DeJounte and Trey Young learning how to play together. Yeah. I think Minnesota is going to struggle very early on. They might pick it up at some point. I just think 48 and a half is way too high. I'm going to go with the under. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty much asking this team to be about a 50 win team. And I don't, that's the, yeah, that's the first thought that came into mind is that we saw that opportunities that Carl Anthony Towns had, when you know whether he could shoot the three-point shot or where he could get down on the block and and make a move or or take a player off the dribble but now that's kind of negated like you mentioned with bringing in a guy like rudy gobert who pretty much is camped out in the in in the paint especially on the offensive side unless he's setting picks or whatever the case might be but i don't yeah d wasn't very good in, in the in the playoffs i think that's an understatement anthony edwards was you know he was incredible i think that he he needs to work a little bit more on his on his shot selections. I, I think the timings of it, but I think he's going to take another step forward as well. He did finish the season averaging twenty one point three points per game uh, for this Minnesota Timberwolves team, and this team was relatively healthy last year, right? They had uh, their two top guys, Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards, played seventy plus games, seventy four for Cat and seventy two for Anthony Edwards. D'Lo played sixty five. He's been a player that's been on and off injured throughout his career, but he played sixty five games. Um, and again, the pieces around them, I, I just don't feel like that. I don't. I, the depth is really not there for this team. Um, and I like Malik Beasley and Vanderbilt. Yeah, I did. I, I really, I was a huge fan of Malik Beasley last season. And they're both gone. They were two of the yeah. best role players on the entire team. Yeah, and was that worth sacrificing for Rudy Gobert? Not sure. They might have been. It was the picks that were attached to it, along with Walker Kessler. But that's the point, though. Is one of Minnesota's most underrated strengths last year was the bench unit, which was actually just a solid, solid group. Mm -hmm. And Vanderbilt was arguably their best defensive player last year. Now, of course, you have Gobert, but Gobert on the guarding wings isn't exactly ideal. And Beasley was a flamethrower off the bench, and you really don't have that. Do you move D'Angelo to the sixth man role? I don't know what you do, but I think there's a lot of questions with growth involving some of the players that they have and if they can actually work well together. The Gobert spacing, I just can't get over. I'm going to go with the under. Yeah, I got to go with the under as well. I think this team probably ends up with 45 wins. If I had to put a number, to, eh, 40, am I yeah. wrong for thinking this could be a play-in team? Uh, no, I mean, you're right. Like if they get off to a start where, like you mentioned, like there's some spacing issues and chemistry issues working in a big piece like Rudy Gobert, I, I think that there is a possibility where they get off to a slow start and, and they just kind of dip. And again, when most of your stars were pretty much healthy last season, you're that injury luck always comes into a factor as well. That has, let's just say a guy like Cat or Anthony yeah. Edwards, you know, misses significant time. That's just going to dip this win total as well for the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
I think they might be a playing team. And it, it sounds pretty harsh. And if you're a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, first of all, congrats. I don't think I've ever met a Timberwolves fan before. <laughs> but you have you have a decent core. The problem is I think the Timberwolves went all in on the wrong guy. I think you could have offered that trade package to maybe the Nets for Durant, and mm-hmm. maybe that would have been a tempting option. Yeah, I don't think Gobert, especially with him aging at this point, he's gotten worse defensively the last couple of years because he has gotten older. I don't think he moves the needle as much as people think he does, and the growing pains are going to hurt. So I'm going with the under. Yeah, I agree. I got to go with the under as well. Uh, let's get over to the next team here, Scott. Uh, it's going to be the Denver Nuggets. Last season, this team ended up with a record of 48 and 34. You have the reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic, on this roster. Can you um, say the record one more time? 48. And how the hell did this team win 48 games last 48 year? 48 and 34 last season. And that was with. Um, no Jamal Murray, obviously, who missed the entire season recovering from a torn ACL. And Michael Porter Jr., your max player, playing nine games last year. So between your second and third player last year for this Denver Nuggets team, Scott, they combined to play nine games and still found a way to win 48 games in the Western Conference last year, led by the MVP, Nikola Jokic. The and he Joker. deserves it. We just said it. The oh, second yeah. and third best players played nine combined games, and they won 48. I know yeah. Embiid was great. Jokic was the MVP. It's fine. You know, you can sleep on it if you want to. It's been months. He deserved the award. Over. How do I not take the over? I mean, 48 last year, missing their second and third best player. I mean, give me a break. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that's going to take some pressure off of a guy like Aaron Gordon when you get those two guys back. Jamal Murray, I mean, when this guy's on the court, is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and it just works with him him and Nikola Jokic. And also their backup point guard position, Bose Highland, was really good for them off, se- or, or off the bench, you know, as scoring point guard. So, forget about that. They got rid of Barton. It's a huge <laughs> yes, win. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, who do they trade him for from uh, Washington? They. They brought in KCP, right? Uh, yes. They brought in K- they they traded Monty Morris as well. They brought in KCP and Ish, and I like yeah, Ish. I, love I think Ish is a good backup point guard. Yeah, and if you want to play boy, bo- uh, Bone Thailand off the ball in that second unit with you know Ish running that point guard position, I think that he's he's one of a he's a good shooter, and and we know the speed that Ish Smith has. So this team. It, it has a roster. I love the over. I think this is one of my favorite overs in the Western Conference coming to the season, Scott. Um, we're looking at a projected starting lineup of Murray, KCP, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic. So, I don't. I mean, Mike Malone's a great head coach. I think this team is going to be a top three team in the Western Conference. The books believe that as well. They're projected to fit, uh, have the. Uh, they have the fourth most wins projected in the Western Conference. I don't have much more to add. When you're getting a second and third player back to this roster. There's not much more you can say, right? Not really. I think I will add, though, that I expect Porter to play less than 30 games this year because he literally cannot stay healthy. Sure. And you can make an argument that he has the most underratedly bad contract in the entire league. Like, as soon as Westbrook's contract's officially over, it's probably a bottom five deal in the league. Uh, But I'm still going over. Uh, You're looking at the division. We're a little bit low in Minnesota. We know Utah's going to be terrible. Denver in division games could really lose like two games max against division opponents. Yeah. I'm going with the over. I think they'll win somewhere in the uh, mid 50s. They could get to 60, but I think that's a little high. I'll give them 54. 
Yeah, I mean, last season, you take a look at this division. Uh, they were only 6-10 and 10 in the division, but last year, Utah Jazz were 15-1 and one in that Northwest division. So I think that... That could be Denver this year. Yeah, that, that, that's what I was going to say. Is that it's going to be Denver this year uh, where they can just kind of leapfrog and, and be the, the the kings of the Northwest division with you know getting guys like Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back. Three teams left here, Scott. Uh, let's go with the Phoenix Suns who come into the season with a record or sorry, projected win total of 51 and a half last season. This team ended up as a number one seed with a record of 64 and 18. We heard about the news about, you know, Deandre Aiden possibly being in the discussion of sign and trade or, or, or sign and trade rumors, but eventually uh, the Indiana Pacers offered him an offer sheet. The uh, Phoenix Suns pretty much matched that right away to, to keep him on this roster. Devin Booker has flourished with uh, next to CP3, but CP3 is now another year older. Your core is pretty much intact. You're running it back here, Scott. You know, you and I talked a lot about this uh, at the trade deadline last year is that they needed to add a piece like an Eric Gordon type or a Terrence Ross type. Mm. Still haven't really done that, but I still like the nucleus of this team. You, you're, you're bringing the quarterback, like I mentioned, Monty Williams. You saw the head, great head coach with this team. Are you expecting this to be another 52, 55, 60-plus win team coming into the season? So the Suns no-showed game seven. Yeah. But they made me a bunch of money all season long. They were my favorite team to actually back because they were an absolute machine. I gave out Monty Williams to win coach of the year at like plus 550. I, I absolutely crushed uh, and the Suns really helped me out there. This number at first glance seems too low. I'm going to go contrarian. I'm going to take the under. I don't okay. know what that I don't know what the hell happened in game seven. And I'm concerned that there might be some serious issues that are not visible in broad daylight right now. And Chris Paul fell off a cliff in that playoff series. He might have been injured. I don't know. But the point is, I don't know if he can stay healthy. Now, they were good without him last year. They were pretty good because campaign stepped up, and they do have a pretty decent nucleus. I don't know why, though. Something about how last year unfolded in the playoffs makes me fully question how motivated or focused this team is going to be and I'm worried about how badly last year ended, how that might carry over into this year. I might be reading into it too much, but I think I'm going with the under because I really don't know what the hell happened last year to end it, and I'm concerned because they no-showed a home playoff game and lost by 30. I, I don't, I'm going to lean to the under. I think there's something going on, a, a lot of negativity that's not really being talked about, and I, for that reason, it kind of scares me off a bit. Am I reaching? Yeah, I, mm, I could like, be reaching. Are you talking about like internally there may be some negativity? Internally. Or? It just seems a little bit weird that Chris Paul, injured or not, was awful in the playoffs. Booker vanished again, and nobody stepped up. I'm, I am concerned that after arguably the most embarrassing playoff loss of all time, besides maybe the Clippers in the bubble blowing a 3-1 lead to Denver. Yeah. I mean... I, I'm just concerned about this team. For some reason, I just have a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach about the Suns this year. Yeah, I, I think that it'll be probably a more of an injury concern with Chris Paul or Devin Booker missing time because I feel like, like, in, I think Booker is the bigger injury concern. Yeah, and when you don't have a a prolific all star scorer like him, he I mean he played 68 games last year, 
DeAndre Aiden missed. He only played 58 games yeah. last year for this team, and, and Chris Paul played 65. So I think Booker is more of a concern because I think the Suns could win without Chris Paul because they do still have pain and some other options. And sure. Booker really embraced the facilitating role with Paul out. So with Paul being past prime, though, and still playing a lot of minutes, and I don't know, I think the over is going to be an obvious play for most people. Yeah, I'm going to go contrarian. I'll spin it a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with the over on this team. I feel like when you still have CP3 on this roster, I mean they they find ways to win regular season games when CP3 is healthy. He played 65 games last year, and they still were able to win 64. The 65 that he played in, uh, right? So I think that you know unless something catastrophic happens with health, I think that this is going to be a team that's still, again be in that top three. Uh, in the Western Conference, I, I think there's a world where they can win 53, 54, possibly 55 games in the Western Conference. Um, there's, still, I feel like there's a lot of as we're talking about these teams in the top half. I know we're really high on Denver, but I feel like there's, you know, there's a lot more wiggle room in the Western Conference for teams to, you know, get above their win totals than there is in the Eastern Conference that we talked about last week. So I'm going to stay with the Phoenix Suns here. Um, you know. The nucleus is there. Health obviously is a question. I've said that multiple times here, but I, I think that they'll still find a way to be in that top one, top two seed. Uh, I'm trying for- to imagine the 50 win teams that are going to be in this conference and how many you typically see. How many 50 win teams do you think you usually see in a conference in a given year? Um, three, or, three or four? Yeah, I think three or four is the right number. So we have a couple teams we're about to talk about, but we got Denver as one, we have Memphis as another. We think the Pelicans got a shot here. Yeah. You're already looking at about four or five 50-win teams. So I'm kind of looking at some regression from Phoenix. I think Phoenix might be a team that drops off. Yeah, I think four is pretty much the number that's spot on because last year, and it's obviously a small sample, could go by further, but each conference had four teams that were 50-plus win teams um, in the 21, or sorry, 2021-2022 season. Um, all right, Scott, let's get into the final two teams of the Western Conference here. We have the Golden State Warriors, a defending uh, NBA Finals champions. They come in with a win total of 51 and a half for this upcoming season. Last year, this team ended up as a number three seed, winning 53 games of their 82 games in the Western Conference. Um, they do lose some pieces. I think the big piece was uh, Gary Payton, Payton, which was yeah. yeah, Payton, which was absolutely huge for them. Um, Steph Curry last season played 64 of the 82 games. You got Clay Thompson back last season, uh, late last season, who ended up playing 32 games, who was still kind of finding his strides. But guys like Jordan Poole, uh, who played 76 games, Andrew Wiggins, 73 games, Jonathan Kaminga appeared in 70 games for this team as well. Draymond missed some games last year as well, where he only ended up playing 46 for this team. Or actually, he only started 44. Let's go with that number. But they get Wiseman back. Yeah, they get James Wiseman back. You still have your core intact. Splash Brothers, Jordan Poole is still coming off of the bench for you. Uh, Andrew Wiggins was absolutely incredible for this team last year. And looking for these young players like Moses Moody and um, who was yeah Kaminga? They said and Kaminga then, already, but yeah, they, and they have, uh, a lot of they have a lot yeah. of talent. They have a lot of talent. Yeah, so fifty-one and a half for this Warriors team. I'm leaning with the over. I don't see reasons why not to be back on this team. They're just a machine. What are your thoughts about this Warriors team? Going with the over. Now, yeah. of course, you have the concern with an aging team that had to play a bunch of playoff games, having you know to go through the next season, and if they're going to be fatigued to start, injuries might play a factor. Curry has been mostly durable for the last decade and change. Last year was kind of an exception, uh, besides the time he broke his wrist a couple years ago. But I'm looking at how this team unfolded last year. They were on pace to win 60-something games. 
and then Curry got hurt, and the team fell off a cliff. Yeah. So if Curry stays healthy for at least 70 games, they'll win at least 50 and change. Draymond, I don't know if he's going to stay healthy or not. Truth is, I don't know how much it matters anymore because I still I don't think Draymond's very good anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to say that. I know sure. defensively he gives you value, but I don't think he's nearly the player that he once was. And I think Golden State might let him walk after the season. We can talk about that later on. But the point is I'm going with the over because I love their overall nucleus. Yeah. Wiggins turned out to be a serious baller. Kaminga had moments last year. Didn't play much in the playoffs, but Moody's, I I really like Moody. And Wiseman gives you a very nice option at center. I like the over. I think this team with Kerr, they have all the chemistry in the world. Yep. And if they stay healthy, they'll walk into 55. I think they got a shot to win 60. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, this team has done it year in and year out when these guys are healthy. Even, you know, last season, you take a look. If I told you that Curry's only going to play 64, you know, with Clay coming back with the injuries that he did have and Draymond. Clay missed the first 44. month, first half yeah. of the season. Yeah. More than half the first half of the, first yeah. half of the season. There's uh, games in the second half where he didn't play back to backs and didn't mm-hmm. miss some games as well. So I had a full healthy team and getting Wiseman back and the, the young players also taking the next step up. I do love the over for this team as well for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, anything else for this Warriors team? Uh, no. I think if you want to look for maybe a value play, Warriors one seed. Might be worth a shot here. I mean, they got the second highest win total, but once again, you do have to bank on the next team we're going to talk about and their star players actually staying healthy. Mm -hmm. But if you want to look at the one seed odds for Golden State, sorry, I'm just trying to pull that up really quickly. Um, I think you can find a decent price. Uh, I don't see it in front of me, though, which is kind of annoying. But yeah, Golden State, I think, has a good shot to win 60, in my opinion, if they stay relatively healthy and they actually push for it. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's a decent plus price. Yeah, I think that there is a book that's offering uh, to participate in the plan you were talking about earlier. Minnesota plus 105. The Lakers are at plus 110. Just I thought to, Minnesota just, would be a lot. I thought Minnesota would be a lot higher for plus. Okay. Yeah. So I thought Maybe. I was really stepping out on a ledge there. Apparently, I wasn't. Okay. Cool. <laughs> All right, uh, Scott. Last team in the Western Conference. It's going to be the Los Angeles Clippers. Last season, this uh, team missed obviously Kawhi Leonard for the entire year. They finished the season with a record of forty-two and forty. Got beat by the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves in that play-in tournament. Uh, Paul George only played thirty-one uh, games for this team last year, but you're obviously, hopefully, where you are going to be getting both of those guys back. Barring health, what happens with them throughout the season is a different discussion. But I feel like this is one of the teams that may have the one of the deepest rosters possibly in the entire NBA when you have guys like Norman Powell, Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, Robert Covington, uh, Zubac, uh, Batum on this roster, and you pair that with the two superstar players for this team and a head coach like Ty Lue, rightfully so, I think they do uh, deserve to have the most projected wins and be the best team in the uh, the Western Conference. It seems like this is a year for the Clippers that if they're going to have championship aspirations – it's going to be have to be this year with this roster that they do have, Scott. But what do you think about the Clippers coming into this year that has a win total of 52 and a half? I'm going to go with the over. It's really tricky when the two best players on the team have had injury issues and the Clippers are also the modern era kings of load management. So you have to worry about Kwai or George or both missing a decent amount of games just based on rest. But I'm going to go with the over. 
this team somehow had a winning record last year. I'm not sure how they pulled it off, having a winning record. You also didn't mention that Norman Powell only played five games with this team. Yeah. And Norman Powell's a very good bench player. Hey, uh, 21 and a half points in those two games that he started. I mean, if you want to go the year prior, they went 47 and 25, which is basically a 60-something win pace. Yeah. I'm going with the over. I think this team on paper is incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm not picking them to win the title this year or anything like that, but I, okay. I actually like the John Wall addition as a point guard. Yeah, I haven't getting, mentioned that. I was going to say, that's a nice addition there if you want to get some scoring off the bench or you want to just get a little bit of a spark every now and then. I'm going with the over. I think this team could win 60. I think load management probably bumps him back down to 56. I'll give him 56 wins. So do you think uh, John Wall obviously will be the starter, right? Then you push Dresi Jackson to the bench? You have an argument either way, but the point is... Whoever is your bench point guard, it's one yeah. of the best bench point guards in the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this this. Uh, I mean, when healthy, this this starting lineup, and I think it will be John Wall. But John Wall, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Nicholas Batum, and uh, Zubac. I think you, you know got that? potentially Wall and Powell on in your bench unit with Kennard and company. Yeah, and man, two. You got a lot of really good players on that. It's team. a deep roster. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, there's no way I could take it under. I think I've taken the top last five overs uh, for this, uh, but I feel like this is going to be a, a, a Western Conference where there's just a the the top of the top, the cream of the crop is going to rise, and like the bottom barrels are just going to bottom out in this Western Conference. But uh, I do really like this roster, and I, I thought about this when you just what you just mentioned that this team without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard still ended up with a record above 500, very slightly. But when you That's get crazy two, that yeah, when you get those two players back. That's only going to catapult you to at minimum, at minimum, I think 55 wins for this Los Angeles Clippers team. Again, obviously barring health as well. Anything else for this Clippers team? I know that was a quick conversation about the Clippers here, but I mean, it's just it's just about them staying healthy and and you know just just going out and winning games with the roster that they do have. Don't really have much more to add. Phoenix is favored to win the division. I maybe wouldn't mind the Clippers at plus two ten, but it seems like the Suns really really want it more. Uh, based on what we've seen in the past, the Clippers tend to just want to stay healthy, which is kind of scaring me off of that. But if you did want to look at a potential future, you could pick the exact outcome for the top two teams in the division. You have the Warriors, Suns, and the Clippers, though, in the same division, which is illegal. (laughs) I kind (laughs) of wish they moved one of the teams to a different division. Uh, I know Terrell tried to make a case for Kawhi MVP a couple of months ago. I'm not in on that. I don't really have many thoughts on any props for this team. Maybe, keyword maybe, Norman Powell, sixth man. But that's basically it. Do you have anything you want for this team? Mm, Ty Lue, coach of the year? Maybe. I thought about it, but I I don't know how much they're going to hold this roster against them. Like, oh, yeah, he won 60 games. Well, of course he did. Kawhi and Paul George were on his team. Yeah, I think that if they do end up as a number one seed, that, I mean, obviously, last year you didn't have your star players. You go from 42 wins, let's just say they get 57 wins. I think that's a big jump, and I think somebody has to be rewarded for that. I think that that would fall on the coach. I don't know. Uh, that, that's one award I would look at. He has 13 to one right now. He is a fourth favorite uh, behind Imi Yudoka as plus 650, which I don't uh, understand. Yeah. By the way, uh, Clippers have an alternative win total. We said they were going to hover around 56, 57 wins. The alternative is 56 and a half. The overs plus 260. Mm, that's enticing. 
It's interesting. Yeah. I, I think I need a... Uh, I need a three to one. It's the load management that really is going to make you sweat this whole thing out through the end. But even if like if they do load manage, don't you think they have enough on this roster to even... like If a guy misses a, a game or two and they do load manage, start playing yeah. back-to-back nights, I think there's still enough on this roster. They do, but it's, it's, a vari- it's, a, it's a variable you don't want to deal with. Yeah. If this 100%. number was 54 and a half at like plus 150, yeah. I'd rather take that than 56 and a half. Yeah, I think this team will win at least 55 games. Yeah. All right. Before we get over to best bets for the Western Conference win totals, let me tell you guys about the newest sponsors on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. First, it's going to be Babbel. For most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. You know, we had to take the, the, the either the French or the Spanish just to kind of graduate and get it out of the way. But now, thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions, That's there's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. Whether you'll be traveling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with family, or you just have some free time, Babbel teaches bite-sized lesson languages that you'll actually use in the real world. Babbel has 15-minute lessons to make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective and with Babbel you can choose from 14 different languages including Spanish French Italian and German plus Babbel speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent there's so many ways to learn with Babbel in addition to lessons you can access podcasts games videos stories and even live classes plus it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, save up to a 60% off subscription when you go to babbel.com slash SGP. That's babbel.com slash SGP for up to 60% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. Last but not least, we're also brought to you by Elias. It's almost the start of NFL season, and we all love this time of year in anticipation of the NFL season. And if you're into sports betting or fantasy, you need a competitive edge to win. That's why we highly recommend the Elias Game Plan app. It's the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for NFL, NBA, and MLB. Elias Game Plan app is the only sports app from the most trusted names in sports stats. The Elias Sports Bureau, the official statisticians of the U.S. Pro Sports Leagues, including the NFL. Their app lets you access team and player stats, head-to-head comparisons, and Elias insights from the Elias Sports Bureau research team. Their app is is really your one-stop source for player news, league-validated play, play, player stats and team records, expert game analysis for betting, building your fantasy teams, and impressing friends. Perfect for the preseason. You get player previews to help you uh, draft a winning fantasy team and team previews so you know what to expect as the regular season kicks off. So take my advice and download the Elias Game Plan app today. With new features available all the time, take your game to the next level. NFL season is right around the corner, so don't wait. Find Elias Game Plan app in the App Store or Google Play Store today. All right, Scott, let's wrap it up strong here, my man, with some best bets, early best bets for these Western Conference win totals. I'm going to give you the floor first. What is your favorite win total of the Western Conference to give out to our listeners. So I'll just ask, we're doing one or we're doing a couple? Whatever you want to give out. If you have two, three, four you want to give out, go for it. So I'll start off with the team that got an absolute uh, steal in that Gobert trade. 
I'm going to go with the Jazz. 30 and a half is way too high. I got to go with the under. Whether they trade Mitchell or not, I think they'll trade him at some point. Even with Mitchell, this team isn't any good. Uh, this team's going to be awful all season long. I think 30 and a half is way too high. This team is actively tanking for the victor sweepstakes. If they trade Mitchell, they'll get a bunch of picks as well. I'm going with the under for Utah. I'm also looking at the under for Portland. I think 39 and a half is way too high. There's the assumption that A. Lillard stays healthy. B is going to carry a team with the likes of Jeremy Grant and McCollum to 40-something wins. I don't see it. I like the under there, too. Do I like the Lakers enough to make them a lock at 45 and a half? Mm. That's the real question. The Pelicans, I, I also like the over there, too. But my initial two unders that I am looking at, I really do like the Jazz under as my favorite play. Yeah. I do like the Portland under as well. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, Jazz was one of the one I agree with you that I'll, I'll co-sign that with you, the Jazz under. I think that you want to bet that right now before the Donovan Mitchell trade. Eventually, I think we believe that it will get – I think it gets done before the season starts. It's. I think it's just a matter of figuring out probably draft capital is what I, I think. Uh, but I think you would probably want to bet that right now. And you mentioned the other team there. I, I don't like giving out overs, but again, I, so we talked a lot about this team, and they just checked all the boxes for me. It, it, it was the New Orleans Pelicans. I love the over 44-and-a-half. We mentioned this could be a team that could win 50, 50 games this upcoming season. And – you know, we talked about getting Zion back. You added CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram. We talked about this roster. Uh, I just think that, you know, they're going to be a team that's going to shock a lot of people coming into this Western Conference up to, in, the, in this upcoming season. So uh, this is a team that can get 50 wins, like we mentioned, but I think they probably end up around 47 or 48 wins uh, for the New Orleans Pelicans. So I will put that down as my favorite over. Um, I'll give out an under. I will... I think this Dallas Mavericks team is going to regress a little bit. And I think that, you know, we mentioned that the, one of these top teams is going to have to regress. And I think that's going to be the Dallas Mavericks. And again, you know, we talked about the loss of Jalen Brunson on this roster. You add Christian Wood, who sometimes can be a, a, a headache. I saw that firsthand with the Rockets where he just wants to be behind the three-point line and jack up three-point shots. Um, I, I, again, I just feel like they'll take a step back here with some of these other teams that have improved. Um, and the other one I do love as well, I think you and I both love this one as well here, Scott, is the Denver Nuggets over. Um, you know, this team has a potential to possibly be the number one seed this upcoming season with the guys that they do get back with, you know, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., along with the pieces that they do have. You know, they added KCP on this roster. We talked about Ish Smith as well. I, I think that this is a roster that can certainly be in the conversation of being a number one or number two seed, which will require them to win at least probably in the range of 55 plus wins here, Scott. Yeah. Denver was going to be the main overplay that I liked is either them or the Pelicans, but I mean, Denver won 48 games last year with nobody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw in the nuggets as well. Clippers. I thought about potential injuries though. I decided to kind of limit me from putting them as one of my yeah. best bets, but I do like Utah under, I like Port. I like the uh, Portland under, and I do like Denver over as well. If you want some others that I'm tempted by, which I might pull the trigger on, Pelicans over, Lakers under. Yeah, I'm definitely putting the pulling the trigger on the Pelicans over the D Denver Nuggets over as well. I I want to get there with the Clippers. Uh, it's yeah. just it just kind of scares me about you know especially the two all star and superstar players that do have that are that are the injury, injury from, history that yeah. makes it too scary. 
Um, I know Terrell wasn't able to join us today, Scott, uh, but he did give us a best bet. And he did take, I believe it was the San Antonio Spurs under yep. 22 and a half. Um, yep. And we talked about it. Uh, Scott and I agree with that as well. This roster is just not very good. The loss of DeJounte Murray. We talked about the starting rotation that is going to be there for this team. It's not going to be very good. All right, Scott, that's about uh, close to two hours that we did spend here on the Western Conference win totals. you have anything else you want to add before we get out of here, my man? Yeah, just imagine along the podcast would have been if Terrell was here. <laughs> Definitely would have broken into two parts for sure then, but uh, we were able to go uh, hour 50. So uh, you guys can listen to this wherever you do listen to it, whether it's on the way to work, coming home from work, working out, wherever the time might be. But uh, early look at the NBA Western Conference uh, win totals here as we get ever, ever so closer to the NBA season. Scott, yep. thanks for Liz, uh, joining uh, me on this preview for the NBA Western Conference win totals. You can find Scott on Twitter at Shell Radio. Find him on the WNBA Gambling Podcast, the newest uh, ep- podcast episodes as the Tennis Gambling Podcast as we approach the U.S. Open in New York City. Uh, Fantasy Football Pod, you can find him all over the network uh, for SGPN. Uh, with that being said, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go get it. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go get it.